brand building is identifying, articulating, uh, and then building this territory in the mind, which is your brand. Some branding experts are here at eBay Design, and my guest today is Peter Wilken. And Peter is a branding expert with over 30 years of experience working with some of the world's most prestigious brands, including uh, brands like Coca-Cola, BMW, Disney, Pepsi, uh, IBM, McDonald's, Shell, and many more. So Peter worked at uh, some of the legendary advertising agencies like Ogilvy and Maida, Leo Burnett, BBDO, and then he co-founded the brand company and uh, under which he developed his brand building process called brand-centered management. And now Peter is based in Vancouver and he runs his company Dolphin Brand Strategy. So uh, Peter describes his brand building process in his uh, new book, Team Some Strategy, Bite-sized Tools to Build Stronger Brands. Right? So uh, this is the book we are going to talk about today. And I really wanted to have Peter on our podcast today uh, to share with us some of his tools and techniques on how to build stronger brands. Peter, thank you so much for taking time to join us on the show. My pleasure, Eric. It's, uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for finding me and, and connecting. Thank you. Uh, so in your book, uh, you talk about your process, right? And, and the tools that you use. And I really like how... Uh, you give us a lot of different tools and techniques and you organize it in a way that makes it easy to understand. So we're going to talk about the process in a second, but I just wanted to start with what a brand is and how you define a brand because different people, so whether it is for, uh, you know, entrepreneurs or CEOs interested in brand building or, or for creative professionals, uh, we may def define brands differently. So and we may understand what a brand is in kind of a different way. So some people may think that, you know, a brand is just a logo. It's much more than that, right? So in your book, you talk about brand being a promise quite a lot and brand building as managing people perceptions. So can you just elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. It's always a kind of starting question. What is a brand? And, there, and I've heard many good definitions. M mine is that it's a, it's a perception in the mind. It's a territory that you can own and ring fence and define that creates uh, an expectation of an experience. A brand many people seem to refer to as a tangible object you can touch, but it's not. It's a perceptual thing that exists in the mind. Um, <clears throat> and that's why marketing is such a powerful tool because you can change perceptions with the right message very, very quickly. And so that is why there's such a key role for, for marketers to play. Um, you, you also mentioned um, or alluded to the difference between branding and brand building. And I find that that definition needs clarification all the while. I mean, I'm constantly saying, come on, we'll hire you, we'll do a branding project. And, and I said, you mean brand building project? <laughs> Not to do branding down, but w when we first started up with uh, the brand company, myself and two colleagues in Hong Kong, this was one of the founding premises that, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars were being spent on what we called the superficial packaging of the brand um, and not to do it down it's, it's super important you are a design guy you know that um, but the, the, the superficial packaging would have been like things like the visual identity even the advertising that I'd spent 25 years of my career doing the communication of it and not the substance of the experience that you were actually delivering which is more impactful in terms of determining this territory in the mind that I was talking about the perception so that's the difference between branding and brand building brand building 
building is identifying, articulating, uh, and then building this territory in the mind, which is your brand. And it's something that needs constant management, constant nurturing, constant checking relative to what your competitors are doing and to what your consumers and your customers are interpreting. Um, so, yeah. That's it. Right. So some of the takeaways uh, would be that, uh, you know, we spend too much time, too much attention is paid to, you know, superficial packaging and identity design, but it's all about, you know, defining brand, the brand first and thinking about how we want to position that brand in, in the minds of our customers, right? I wanted to undermine that. I should say, I'm not saying packaging and design and identity and advertising is not important. It's hugely important, but it's there to reinforce your positioning once you've established that. And too often, you know, we, I, we get called in um, to say, uh, you know, where's the problem? What, what can you do? I think, oh, we need to rebrand. And what by that they mean we need to refresh our logo. But in fact, you know, it doesn't take much digging at all to find that their strategic positioning, you know, what it is that they do and for whom and why is the thing that needs attention, not their not their logo. So you need to go much, much deeper than that. Um, but because it's tangible and because they can see that that's where their money is going and there's a, something you can talk about around, I understand why it, it, it tends to always get translated into, uh, um, you know, let's let's rebrand, <laughs> let's change our, our, our identity. I mean, I don't mean to insult people out there that our clients and our customers are smart enough to know that they need to go deeper than that, but not necessarily... Um, familiar with with how how we express it and how we do it so i listened to one of your earlier podcast guests and he was quite right about talking about um building a blueprint for the brand in fact that's what i, I put in the book as well uh, you know having a having a, a blueprint a strategic blueprint to map out what it is that you want to do with your brand and how you build it and construct it in a way that you would like an architect would a building um and uh uh, so that's a large part of what the book is is about is helping you define your own step stepwise blueprint um but i also wanted to do i also do it in a bite-sized way that's why it's called kind of dim sum strategy so that you can cherry pick things and pick up useful bits within 10 minutes <laughs> and uh, and i know that that's the you know the kind of the gen z millennial way is you know give it to me really fast and quick and so that i right. can get something useful out of it and if i'm interested i'll dig a little deeper so yeah that that's the concept uh, yeah, yeah and so I think, it's uh, done uh, in a book form yeah and i think the book is fantastic you know and i think it's a it's easy to read first of all it's easy to read and it's easy to understand you don't use like kind of like a industry jargon or anything like that so so for our listeners for you guys whether you are a creative professional or entrepreneur uh you run a big company or just a small sta startup you're gonna find something interesting because you know peter gives you a lot of different tools and techniques and 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 specific examples of big brands so we can all understand because we know these brands and we can uh, so we can uh, relate and we can understand the concept behind them uh, so uh, yeah so let's talk about your process now uh since we know what uh, how you define a brand how we should define a brand you know a brand is a promise um, and I like it. I also wanted to mention, like in, in the introduction, you talk about it just just to give our listeners uh, an example, perhaps, right? So you give this example. If we think of car brands, uh, 
and uh, for example if you say volvo what uh, what do you think about what, what is the one word that comes to your mind most most of the people would say safety right uh, when it comes to bmw they would say performance toyota reliability and so on so so it's about so that's referring to what you were talking about is it's about building that perception and, and and that promise to customers and is way beyond just identity and design right yeah i mean that's great it's great that you've remembered those things that's what i mean about owning a territory and a positioning i mean uh volvo own safety you can hardly take it away from them now and even when they try and screw it up as they did you know in the in the early 20s when they kind of researched people said you know you're building boxy cars and they don't look as good as your your competitors mercedes and bmw and jaguar and so they kind of redesigned their cars in a more stylish way typically converging to the norm as most cars do now and and came out and said look look at us now we're stylish and, and people said no you're not your volvo your safety and and they're quite rightly now they they that stylish is is something that um they can't it, it is not a negative now it's not a reason for not buying a volvo but the reason you buy a volvo is still for safety and they still pride themselves in their um, amazing um uh, safety standards when the car's way beyond airbags now it's all about lane assists and alerts and automatic stopping systems and things like that which they are pioneering again so they know their place and and they they do it extremely well now we are going to take a quick break here, but we'll be right back. Listen, my mission is to help people build and design iconic brands. So whether you're a business leader who wants to become more intentional with branding and all of its aspects, or you're a creative professional who wants to attract powerful clients and surely be able to help them with branding, then you need to start with a discovery session in order to develop a strategy that will inform all your creative work. And everything that you need in order to learn how to do that, you can find in my online courses at evecdesign.com show, where I share with you my worksheets, case studies, video tutorials, and other additional resources to help you feel safe and strong about your process. Now let's get back to our interview. So, so now let's talk about the process. Uh, so uh, basically, yeah. You call your process brand-centered management, right? And uh, um, so you divide your, your process into four steps um, just for you guys to give you like a quick overview. And, and so we are going to talk about a bit uh, about each step. So it's discovery, definition, direction and delivery. So uh, starting with uh, discovery. So here in this step, um, we just want to discover your brand. We just want to learn about uh, our brand and uh, discover, uncover current perception of that brand uh, in the environment that operates in the challenges uh, we face, the opportunities we have. So can you just walk us through this first step of your process and perhaps talk a bit more about you know some of the tools that we can use uh, to sure. to do the discovery yeah I'll, I'll, I'll do that eric um it, it might be useful for your listeners to understand some of the genesis of how we got behind brand center management because in, in the end i mean this was like over 20 years ago my colleagues and i set this up now and, and in hindsight um you know we realized we we're probably one of the first specialist brand consultants consultancies out there ever and 
um, <clears throat> what in fact we were doing was more change management through the brand than anything else. And brand-centered management sounds like what the promise was. It was putting the brand at the center of your business. And the argument went something like this, which is, you know, if your brand is what you want to stand for in your most valuable customers' minds in the future in a positive way, why wouldn't you want to be able to articulate that and make that central to everything that your organization does first, primarily, and then says through its communications? And so your brand and the principal part of your brand is what, what is your promise? What is your overarching commitment to your customers that you're going to deliver for them? that's going to deliver a benefit. What is the benefit that that promise delivers? How are you going to go about doing it, the spirit or the culture of the way in which you're going to do it? And most importantly, why your, your role, your raison d'etre, you know, way before Simon Sinek was saying and marketing it brilliantly, it was that, right. so, you know, what, what's your reason for existing? Um, and then you can tie it in. There are a few other things like icons, uh, attribute uh, assets that you own that can invoke the whole, um, but you put these all together in your little velvet bag with its golden thread and you've got what comes and cemented as, as a DNA. Um, anyway, so that was that was how we started off doing that. And once you define what your, your DNA is, it can help drive your organizational strategy, how you communicate internally with your people, um, the, the processes and systems that enable or hinder you to be able to deliver the products and services that deliver the experiences, that drive the external perceptions, and the external perceptions ultimately come back to what people think it is, is your brand, which is what you're trying to articulate. So it's a circular process called brand-centered management. And we found that the easier way of being able to walk people through the process was, as you were rightly saying, the four Ds. That's how we, we label it, something that sticks, discovery, uh, definition, direction, and delivery. And discovery, is basically asking the question, how do people currently perceive our brand? Um, and you ask a similar set. Yeah, that's exactly right. Show you, the show you guys what you were talking about, about this circular process, right? Perfect. Thank okay. you. And I can see you've marked it up. You've really done your, your homework. I'm impressed, Eric. You, 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 your clients must be uh, uh, happy clients because you clearly do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah, not I just like to hi highlight the highlight the best part, so I can just come back and you know and 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 start implementing those those new things that I learned, right? Uh, that, that, no, that's great. So, um, so discovery. Typically, we could find find that you th this process, by the way, works just as big for the huge brands we did. I did this for Shangri-La Global Positioning. We did it for AIG. You did it for Sunkai Properties, the biggest property development company in the world. As I do for you know a small local YouTube you know company here, you know Blue Mountain guys out of Vancouver, you know twelve people still doing you know a nice three or four million turnover selling men's hair care products online. And the principles remain the same, you know, whether you're a university, an engineering company, uh, a small startup or a well-established organization, these principles work. And so anyway, back to discovery, the first phase, we yes. found that you can get an awful long way um, without having to do hugely expensive or time-consuming work um, by doing qualitative, structured qualitative interviews with the stakeholders closest to the brand and right. those stakeholders are typically 
you know, senior people or within within the organization, but also people I would call at the coal face of whatever it is you're delivering, and some key customers as well. Uh, you know, we also used to even uh, question some competition, uh, some friendly competition, to make sure that we were getting a check and balance in it. Um, but the the qualitative side of it helps you do that very quickly. You can you can ask a set of well structured questions, and we've honed our questions after many years of research. Um, uh, into no more than nine or ten, you know, questions that can get you a long way, and they start off general and go specific. So it would be kind of things like, when I say your brand name, you know, Evac Design, whatever it is, what springs to mind? Because right. that's basically the real world. <laughs> you know, marketers right. would like you to get straight into your little category, and then once you're there in your mind, you can start referencing things. Um, but if you're not there, that's actually the real world. People aren't thinking about eBack design, sorry, until you know we mention it or we're talking about it. They don't think about dolphin brand strategy. They don't think about dim sum strategy until we're talking about it. So you've got to be <laughs> aware, you've got to be salient. And when you are, what is it that they're taking out? And typically in this very, very complex world, they won't have more than two or three associations. And they may be what you want them to be, or they may not be what you want them to be. But that's why we start from general to specific. And then you can probe it a little bit. <clears throat> and then you can go through the classic, you know, what are your perceived strengths of the brand? What are the things that are challenging? What are the, what's the competitive frame? Um, you know, what are the dynamics within the category? What's happening? What's not happening? Are, are they following suit? You know, um, what do you think the brand is trying to promise you so that you actually ask questions that come into the next stage, which is about your DNA? What do you think? What benefits are you looking for from this? Uh, is it delivering? How, how are they going about doing it? What's the what's the culture? You know, um, <laughs> the, the way and typically that's often how brands differentiate because deliver very similar things. Now, whether you're um, you know, DHL, UPS, you know, you get your package on the door, but the perception of how you do it differently and whether or not you're, you've got friendly delivery guys or a recognizable yellow van or what, what, those are the kind of things that you differentiate at this level. Um, so all of those are brought into the mix. And then, and then you ask open-ended questions like what would you do to change things to improve, which lead you down a directional path. So you can do that within a well-structured interview, and you don't need too many, you know, 15, 20, 25 interviews and patterns emerge very quickly. And of course, you do your homework, you do your quantitative analytical research as well, and, and you employ your, your customers often within their own team. They know their businesses really well. So you go through a discipline of quantifying that and you match that with your qualitative in order to be able to identify key opportunities for the brand. So that's the discovery section in two minutes quickly. Um, yeah, and then so that just leads to sum up, in. yeah. Go on. Yeah, sorry, so, sorry. So I just wanted to sum up for our listeners uh, before we go to the to the next step. So discovery is all about preparation for for deve uh, developing strategy, right? So it's all about collecting that data, and then uh, analyzing and and drawing some insights. So you know about about the company, your, your customers, uh, the current trends, and and the competition and things like that. So basically, it's uh, as you as you mentioned, it's all about you know interviewing the, the key stakeholders, right? Uh, yeah. And then also doing uh, additional research, uh, competitive review, and, and things like that. And it's all about asking the right questions. Some of those questions you guys can can uh, find on, on page forty four here. Uh, 
uh, where Peter uh, talks about specific questions that you can use to run those uh, interviews. So uh, yeah, so just to sum up, it's all about processing that raw data and drawing insights, right? Before we move to the next step, which is actually, which is definition. And, and in this step, uh, it's, it's actually, this is actually uh, your workshop, right? Your brand DNA workshop that you run with your clients. Uh, so can you just walk us through uh, this step? Sure. And so, yeah, the, the, the definition stage is basically your DNA, your, your brand DNA. We call it a DNA because it was, it's like um, its genetic counterpart. It is a template for replicating consistent desired experiences for your brand. And like a, 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 a biological DNA, every single one is unique. So your brand is unique. It's like a thumbprint, which is why the thumbprint on the front of the book. Um, every it, it, DNAs and, and people are complex. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for doing um, uh, But they're also, you know, we know we change. We change moods. We, we uh, you know, we, uh, we have to work in different complex environments. Um, with different types of people and different challenges, but we still have easily identifiable, definable characteristics. And that's what your, your DNA of, of your organization or your brand is, is attempting to do. <clears throat> um, so there are basically you know, four or five key components of your DNA, and we mentioned them before. The, you know, the first one would be your role. Why do you exist? What's your raison d'etre? It's the why question. And it's probably the most difficult to answer. So we save it for last in the process. We start with the promise and your benefit. And the promise is, what's your overarching commitment to your key custom stakeholders? So it begs the question also of saying, who are our key stakeholders? And it, and it forces you into some question of saying, what's the real bullseye? When we boil this down, we, were all, we all know that we've got multiple customer segments. And the book later on goes into telling you how you can sort that out into yeah. practical segments. We call it practical segmentation so that you don't kind of try and get into the minutiae of individualizing everything. It's just not realistic. Um, but you can focus on the key four or five target segments that are going to drive your business. Um, so <clears throat> back to the promise, what's your overarching commitment to them that you, you promised to deliver? Uh, having delivered that against that promise, what benefit do they get from you delivering your promise? You know, what does it mean to them? Um, <clears throat> uh, and, uh, and then um, we talk about the, what we call the spirit or the culture, which is how you go about doing that, uh, the way in which you do it. So, you know, you could deliver your promise in a very, uh, Germanic, efficient, um, <clears throat> uh, technological, uh, cold, but ultimately reliable way, or you could be extremely, uh, you know, soft and, and, and interpersonal and empathetic and, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, and more emotional in your uh, input, um, in, in the, within the same category, but you could have very, very different approaches and fields, uh, for example. <clears throat> so when you start tying those elements all together, um, there's an uh, there's an <clears throat> an aspect of um, uh, of the the why which we say is what you believe as well that can bring that out. And we also talk about icons. Icons are things that evoke an image of the whole. Um, so you know, an icon. It, it's sometimes it's a logo, but sometimes it's not a logo. So you know, Michael Jackson's glittery glove 
you know, would evoke the image of the whole Michael Jackson and you would get into Thriller and all his things like that just by looking at a, you know, glittery, you know, silver glove. Um, you know, the, the Rolling Stones have got the big fat, you know, red lips, which has almost become iconic with them now when you see that those lips, the Rolling Stones own that. Um, at Burnett's, you know, we had red apples. <laughs> Anyone in the ad industry would know a red apple was Leo Burnett and black pencils and reaching for the stars and things like that. <clears throat> um, Ogilvy's was was red, red socks. And I mean, I'm just taking small examples within organizations, but they're practical for, for clients. So that's the definition phase. And um, the, the important thing about this, Eric, is that it's the, the, the DNA development workshop is a shared process. Um, so, you know, we facilitate it, but the owners are the brand owners. And they use language that they can see that has come out of the discovery report because the discovery report asks questions about the components of the DNA. Why is it that you exist? What were you promising? What benefit are you delivering? How are you different to competitors? You know, how are you going about delivering it? Um, uh, those kind of things are where you're going to take it in the future. So you've got a common ground that people can recognize and share, and it deals with some, you know, difficult questions. Um, but it showed, shines the opportunity for the brand in the future as well. So you've got all of that. Um, and people then, you know, go and try and craft this in language. A, a DNA goes way beyond just language, but it starts with the written word. Um, and then you bring it to life in, in other ways, in music and visuals and stuff like that. Um, but uh, it's very difficult to craft by committee wordsmith, as you know, if you're a writer. Um, you have to kind of take it away individually and then craft it. And then, as I say, tire kick it. But, but, but it's done as a group collectively. People see that it's a difficult process. They see the whole process of strategy unfolding because they have to make choices between what they want, wish to say. They can't be all things to all men. You end up being nothing to everybody. Um, so you really focus it. And the whole idea is to really get as single-minded and as focused as possible. Um, and when you've got that, it's like a shining light or a beacon, a lighthouse that says, you know, this is us always and consistently. And you know that you're getting somewhere after after you come back after two or three weeks of doing this session. And you individually then go around and, and to participants and say, can we improve it? Can we tweak it here? Any words that are superfluous um, that we can get rid of? Anything that we're missing that we have to add? Um, but you keep it really tight. And before or not, you know, you can't take anything away because they say, no, this is perfect. This is us. Leave it with us. Um, and then you start living it. You start bringing it to life. And that's the direction phase. The direction yeah. phase is what part, how are we going to go and, and take this board? Um, and typically then, um, you know, I, I give you some tools in the book again. There are different ways in which you can set up a, a strategic um, framework, as we say. I mean, typically, uh, you know, I use the four pillar Parthenon, which basically says, boil it down to a rule of three. If you focus on three or four things, big things, you can get those done and you can remember them. If you start getting into long lists of more than that, they don't get done. And that's basically what the four pillar Parthenon is. It says, what's your foundation that you're building on, your core values, you know, your key you know, positioning, um, your DNA. And then the four pillars are how do you actually you know build what you're trying to do so what are the key things that you're going to do uh, you know you're going to do this through 
marketing and communications? Are you going to do this by, you know, delivering an incredibly unique um, product experience? Are you going to do this by having the most efficient operating systems when there's so many other things to focus on? Are you going to do this by being the environmental leader in the world or whatever? Uh, um, and then ultimately, you know, the roof of the, of, the, of the goals that you're aiming to achieve, but also how you're perceived, your, your overall communication. So in the direction phase, I, I help um, say, let's define your strategic framework. Here's the tool in which you can use it to make some choices easier. Our strategy is only choice. It's what you choose to do, and it's what you choose not to do. Right. So the, the framework is a tool for making that choice decision easier for you when it's complex. Um, and it, so once you've simplified it, you, you add detail onto it as well. So when, within each of the pillars, you'll have, I think, um, two or three strategic priorities. You know, what, what, are, what are the things that you have to do to achieve the goals of that strategic pillar? Um, so I, I like the rule of three. I don't know why, it just seems to be appearing in nature the whole time. It's the minimum number of legs on a stool that you can have to have a stable platform. You know, four is okay as well. You could argue that's more stable, um, but you start getting more than that, you start losing focus. And, and every organization, doesn't matter whether you're GE or a tiny startup, there are limits to your resources in terms of what you can do. So focus on three or four things. And then, um, yeah, so sorry. just to wrap up, yeah. So just wanted to wrap up for our listeners. So so you jumped from uh, definition. So just going back a little bit for so definition is is um, is uh, about you know uh, running this workshop with uh, key stakeholders and basically a brand uh, a brand consultant's role here is to clear the fog as you as you mentioned you know and provide this clarity and focus yeah. and, and context right and. Um, and, and then the next step, as you started talking about, is direction. So where we want to go. So we want to set the course for, for the organization, you know, to, to build a brand, right? So, and as you mentioned already, you know, um, and, and of course we cannot uh, predict everything, but we want to stay on track. We may, we may, you know, change the course of, uh, correct the, the course of, 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 of our journey but uh it's more like a compass uh, and, and 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 i like this analogy you give it uh, in, in your book so we are just for example we may we are going north we are we, we know that we are going north not south so uh it also refers to what you just said you know it's all about making decisions what to do uh, and what we choose not to do as well right so um and of course you present us with a lot of tools here the strategic ladder uh, the Pantheon, uh, four pillar Pantheon and, and uh, impact urgency mat matrix that help us prioritize uh, different tasks and, and goals and things like that. Okay, so the last step is delivery, right? So it's about actually executing against our plan that we just developed in those previous three steps, right? Um, <laughs> So this is about creating productive working relationships with, you know, other companies, communities, uh, consultants, specialists, and, and, um, and also here you present us with a lot of different tools and how to execute that strategic, that our strategic plan that we've developed uh, previously, right? So, and I really like the tool, uh, the delivery donut. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is really, um, it illustrates nicely and it's easy to like remember. 
I once I saw that, I just think it's it, it, it's it's brilliant. So, uh, can you talk to us maybe about this tool uh, and about this step a little bit, so uh, yeah. so we can understand. So once once you've got your your DNA, that's your your lighthouse as it is. That's your your rock. You know, you this is you, and you shine your light and say that this is what we stand for. This is who we are. You know, if we're if we're right for you and you're interested in who what we do and what we stand for, you'll come to us. You know, like moths to a bright light. And you're, you've got your direction now. You know what you're going to do A, B, C, and D, and, and which order and how you're going to do it. The delivery is. Um, executing that simultaneously through multiple channels so that you can do many things quickly. And that this is the, the, the accelerate, accelerating it. And, and typically, if you're, especially if you're a smaller or medium-sized enterprise, you can't do it all. You definitely need help. And you need to, what I call, divide and conquer, even within your organization, to be able to execute it. So the delivery donor is a simple um, uh, you know, visual aid and tool, a reminder to be able to say, yeah, thank you. How here's how you go about it. It's basically if you if if um if people are familiar with the old game Trivial Pursuit, it looks like one of those round um, things that you put six cheeses in, and and literally you you can halve the donut. The top half is the things that you do, so your your products and services, um and and your your systems um that you're actually delivering against tangible things that that you can delivering against those things that you're focusing on um and yeah and and the bottom half is is the communication what you say so it's like internal communications external communications and design and and, and delivery so um what we used to do was say um you, you know you can focus on on separate things so you know if if we'd identified that product or service was an area of opportunity we would put a specialist team within that to be able to design or new product development or maximize uh something that was going well and be able to filter out those that were not going well uh, typically we were we spent a lot of time on the service orientation and helping uh, our customers identify what the weakest link was i mean typically we would be with five-star hotels, for example, um, where everything like a Georgian house facade, uh, you know, on the outside was absolutely wonderful. But the minute you open the door into the kitchen or you go into their bathrooms, which were not as good as the luxurious bars and restaurants that they had put on, you know, you were instantly defined. The, the magic bubble was broken. So we're saying would help them identify th those things like that so that their standards were completely raised and consistent um there so many examples anyway the donut is just one of those tools you can get more complicated um but uh it it, it works uh, you know processes and systems typically in large organizations the blocks would be in that you know some bureaucratic holdup or a bottleneck in a system that prevented them from delivering a key service efficiently and we would go through and bring in specialist process engineers who would go through a, 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 you know, a stepwise you know, um, gap analysis with literally past or wall. Now you can do it digitally um, with key questions to identify um, uh, if inefficiencies and blockages in the process. Um, and and, and you know, now there's, there's whole you know, lean agile systems you know, brought in from the computer programming world that can help identify those things really quickly. So, but but recognizing the right questions to ask in and around those 
that delivery donut is is the power of that tool and dividing and conquering and spreading them out and making sure that you're doing things simultaneously. It's not just one after the other. This The delivery phase is multiple simultaneous um, <clears throat> expansion against what it is that you're trying to deliver. Right. Because, uh, yeah, and some of my notes, so uh, as you mentioned, you know, uh, it's about um, the, the customer perception is, is, is the sum of all their associations, right? So yes. with and experiences with the brand. So that's why we need to deliver through different, you know, outputs, uh, consistent experience. Uh, as you gave us this example with, with the bathrooms right, in this five-star star hotel, right? So, so that we can create actually that desirable perception, right? Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So as we are approaching the end of our interview, please let us know, you know, either for entrepreneurs who want to work with you, um, uh, how to find more about you or for, you know, creative professionals like myself who want to learn more from you. And of course, I'm going to include a link to, to your book in the description box. Well, that, that's really kind. Thank you. Well, what I'm doing, um, Eric, is I, I'm kind of moving more into professional speaking, which is what I used to do. So people can find me on, on my speaker website, which is Peter Wilkin, if I can say it, P-E-T-E-R-W-I-L-K-E-N.com. Um, peterwilkin.com if you can put that out for your listeners you can find everything there there's a link to the book and there's a link to my uh, consulting business dolphin um but typically that's what i'm doing now is kind of getting much more into the speaker trail and, and i talk about creative thinking in general and how you can use that to manage change and unpredictability and uncertainty uh, in particularly in in relation to building brands because the, the problem most people I'm finding are, are dealing with at the moment is you have CEOs and their leadership teams trying to build brands in a world that is incredibly unpredictable, constantly changing, um, <clears throat> but looking for ways in which to do that, you still need to move forward into the future. Um, and I think, uh, you know, change can either be fearful <clears throat> or very exciting. Um, and, and it can present many opportunities as well as threats. And we know we've just lived through, you know, the first global pandemic in a century and, and most people's worlds have changed, turned upside down. But the reality is some people have benefited enormously from this, uh, <coughs> you know, Zoom itself, you know, from 20 million right. to 200 million in months, you know, other people, Cirque du Soleil, unfortunately, a wonderful thing, but delivering a, a live event under a tarpaulin, you know, dead in a year, you know, from a one and a half billion dollar company. So, and that's the level of un uncertainty and unpredictability we're dealing with. So I talk about, you know, embracing change and using all of these tools for brand builders and helping guide them. And then uh, and I work with, with a team with a small number of clients, you know, maybe half a dozen clients a year that I can spend you know, good quality time um, that, that are a good fit for them, and most importantly, and a good fit for me. But, so I really appreciate that. So that's how you do it. You can find it all on my website, peterwilkin.com. Sure, I'm going to include that's those right. links in the description box. And thanks for taking the time to, to come on our show and, and share, share some of your tips. And yeah, for you guys, if you want to learn more, I, I invite you to check out the book. 
and uh, check out uh, Peter's website. I'm gonna include those links in the description. So yeah, as you mentioned, you know, uh, during this pandemic, you know, and, and that's the reason why I wanna uh, build a, a stronger brands because stronger brands, they're gonna survive because they have substance, right? So yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and, and sharing with us some of your tips. Thank you. It's a real pleasure. And um, I, I'm really chuffed that, that you enjoy the book and I, like I said, your clients should be should feel confident that that you really do do your homework on this. I can see you're you're one of these guys that mark a book. I should send you a clean copy. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in, and if you've enjoyed this episode of On Branding Podcast, follow me on social media for more tips on branding, strategy, and design. It was Arik Vorniczak from Evil Design, and I will see you in the next one. <laughs>